Hey everybody, this is Gil Grand. You're listening to the Music's Journey Show with my friend Kim Sear. I was feeling uneven, set to go right off the deep end again. Everybody telling me slow down and learn just when to say when. My on and off relationship was all but sinking out at sea. Here life was unbalanced and as always I couldn't find any harm in me. Now I'm centered, smack dab down the middle. Not too much or too little. Centered in a love for you. Well, I'm centered. You just heard a snippet of the brand new single, Centered, by multi-award winning country artist Gil Grand. Sunbury's own Grammy Award winner country artist Gil Grand is one of the most undeniable country voices in Canadian country music. An artist that started his journey in the 90s with hits like Famous First Words, Cry a Little, and Run. Gil Grant is an eight-time Canadian Country Music Award nominee and CCMA Male Artist of the Year and Record Producer of the Year winner. His debut album, Famous First Words, produced a number one single along with several top tens, gaining Grant the momentum to release two more award-winning projects. Gil Grant moved back to Nashville from Canada in 2007 and shortly thereafter, his co-owned music publishing company, Grand and Gee Music, taken home Song of the Year Award for his participation as the producer on Chris Young's number one hit, Tomorrow, in a Grammy for God and My Girlfriends, recorded by Reba McIntyre. Here to talk about his brand new single, the Music City Rollin' Jamboree, and a new venture plus touring here in Canada is multi-award winning country artist, Gil Grant. <laughs> It's great to have you on the show, Gil. Well, I'm happy to be on the show. It has been awesome. it has been way too long. <laughs> right? Well, I haven't done I haven't done it in forever. So, yeah. I haven't seen you. Gosh, oh man, it's been it's been quite a few years now. But we miss you out here. Yeah. Well, you know, I need to come back out that way. Yes, you do. Sure. Yes, you do. Yeah. We just have to do some convincing during this interview, right? Do what? I just have to do some convincing during this interview. That's it. Uh, make me make me commit to something. I will. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it is so so cool. Just, I'm so excited that you got a brand new single out. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit. Can we talk about your career first and just go through a little bit of that, of course, because we can't miss that. Definitely. All righty. Yeah, okay. Let's let's talk about what's happening with you since the pandemic hit and how that might have changed your outlook to what success looked like you when you when you started your career and to what it looks like today how the pandemic may have affected it mm-hmm. or yeah um so i mean like everybody else you know during the pandemic when everybody was um shut down you know it meant nobody was nobody was touring nobody was really you know, I was able to perform or anything. So I was in Nashville and, um, you know, I, I spent most of my time, uh, you know, one thing that really wasn't affected negatively was the amount of time that people had to write songs or record mm-hmm. new projects. And in Nashville was crazy in that time, you know, and um, because everyone was couldn't get out anywhere. So they, they really took advantage of you know, writing new material and artists were in the studio uh, recording two and three, you know, projects 
in the can to have and everything for that, you know, for when that thing's opened up and everything that they wouldn't have to, you know, get off the road uh, to, to do that, you know. So mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. That that was really, really um, taking off. And so one of the things that I have been doing, um, you know, since 2011 is I have a company in Nashville called Nashville Song Plugger that is a plugging uh, business where we represent songwriters and we pitch their music to um, major label and indie labels. Some of them uh, A&R people and to record producers and to artists directly also if we know, you know, whoever it is that's looking and stuff. So we try to try to place music for songwriters. And so that, fortunately for me, you know, that business was really thriving during pandemic just for the for what I was saying, for those reasons and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I was really fortunate to not be completely shut down like, you know, a lot of my friends and a lot of other people who uh, depended solely on touring and, and being out there. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, the only negative, you know, well, one of the negative things was I wasn't able to visit, you know, family and stuff. Oh, so yeah. A lot like, like other people. And, you know, yeah. My, yeah, my, gra- my kids and my grandkids are out out in Alberta and my mom and dad, you know, I hadn't seen them literally for, for two years. I went just not that long ago. And so it was really, gosh, wow. it was so hard, but yeah. And so, yeah, but you know, it just, uh, I guess it just, you know, puts, I don't know, puts everything in, in a different light and, and kind of, you know, makes things that everyone took for granted, you know, <laughs> more important. And, uh, you, you just, it now really appreciate it. as you can tell everybody's out playing and touring like full full on and everyone's seems to be uh you know happy <laughs> for oh, lack of better definitely. Word. we're all happy now yeah <laughs> there's nothing like live music and it's just it it just brings a peace you know to so many people yeah. we all gravitate to music when we're going through hard times yeah. and good times and you know music's yeah. just a staple in our life Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Did you did you find? I know you were doing some writing too. I think over that time as well. Did you find that yeah. you went a little deeper because of everything that was going on? Not really. I'm not really a deep person, so <laughs> it didn't really. I'm not. You know what? It's funny. That's a good question because you know there are writers and artists who really connect emotionally with their music and mm-hmm. they write how they feel and they and they express themselves through their songs and music and stuff like that um i've just never been that kind of a writer for me i love the creative process i like you know just the hang and getting together with someone and, and just kind of talking about what you're going to write and then just kind of working on stuff so it's everything i've ever written was completely fabricated <laughs> and just like wow. you know in a sense where we <laughs> I didn't know yeah, that well yeah i mean it's really just like hey here's a good idea let's write a story about it let's you know find a great melody and we write a song and like i really haven't written anything that's personal to me the only song i ever wrote really uh is she'll always be mine which is a song that i wrote specifically I that for my daughter's <laughs> wedding yeah so it was it. her wedding it was her wedding song so that's really the only time that i that i dug down to um to write something you know oh. that was personal to me yeah I didn't know that here i i thought you would you know because i know so many of the writers that i've had on uh, so many of the artists have been talking about going through a real block 
mm-hmm. you know, going through that transition yeah. because they're just on fire all the time. They're doing rights all the time. Then they're doing the radio tours and, and then getting out there yeah. and performing that project live for the fans mm-hmm. and they were just they didn't know how to get that inspiration that fire right mm-hmm. <laughs> right i guess so yeah so everybody I, everybody was affected differently i suppose yeah yeah well you've been busy <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so, an I understatement mean, I know, right i mean are you supposed to slow down at some point because nobody told me when that's supposed to happen but i feel like i'm definitely busier now than i've ever been and mm-hmm. i just I think, you know what, to be honest, I think some of that is really comes with age and it comes with, um, you know, experience and, and time in the business where you get to a certain point as an artist where, you know, you need to start reinventing yourself a little bit or stretching mm-hmm. out a little because you're not, you know, you're not on the charts. You're not on, you know, you're not c- counting on, the you know, um, promoting and, you know, hoping and watching every single you put out. And, mm-hmm. and needing that single to become successful in order to move your career forward and stuff. So things, you start doing other things, right? And you start having to think, well, what else am I going to do? And I, and I, you know, that's totally fair. Like I know some people get, you know, really stressed or, or upset or for not getting airplay anymore and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, you know, talking with people from my generation that have done this, like I have their whole lives and everything, but you know what, you got to, I mean, you got to make room for, for, you know, we were them. You got to make room for young artists and stuff like that. I, I mm-hmm. get that. I, the only time I've ever put out music, you know, later in my career is, is only if I feel like I've got something to offer, right? Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to take up a, anybody's place. But if you think you've written a good song, like, she'll always be mine or, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, for me, it was, hey, you know, I think this is, I wrote a song called Wagoneer that I, you know, I thought was a really good, catchy, you know, a really good song. So, you know, that's the only time you're going to do it. And think, you know, if you got something that you want to contribute to the market and, you know, kind of really wasn't about staying, you know, relevant because Mm -hmm. you find that you find that in touring and you stay connected with your fans and you still perform and stuff. But, you know, the radio part of it is a whole different aspect. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you yeah, hear that often say. from, you know, like people like Michelle Wright and Jamie Warren mm-hmm. and, you know, they, they sure. all say that same thing because they just do it because yeah. of the love of writing. It's got nothing to do with whether, yeah. you know, how the, the song's going to do on the radio. It's great if it does well, but at the same time, yeah. it's just, you know well, what? You can, yeah. Yeah, you can get your music to your fans so many other ways now, right? Than when so we different. So it doesn't, <laughs> it's not about having a radio single where it used to be all everything. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, I need a I need a video on CMT, and I need to put out a single and and work all the major market stations to get on and climb the charts. And that I mean, it's like not even that at all mm-hmm. now. So you can get your music out without being competitive that way uh, and having to approach those those mediums, you know, and all that. So anyway, I bet you you're yeah. enjoying cool. this part of your career, you know, so much more because when you're talking about when you did this in the '90s when you first started out. Yeah. And like you just said, yeah. everything that you had to accomplish, everything that you needed mm-hmm. to focus on, it's so different today. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, many think, people don't enjoy what they're doing. It's a blur to them. Was it a blur to you? The, the, like the height of my career, like yeah. the process getting, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, it really, it really is because, I mean, and I had some, in, like, you know, I was fortunate to 
you know, have a little bit of a different experience than others sometimes. Like I did, like I signed a major label deal, you know, in, in Nashville with Sony on Monument Records. And like, I was like 27 years old and I was out on tour with the Dixie Chicks and I was touring, you know, I was all over the U.S. and Canada and stuff. So, I mean, that was a whirlwind. That was like crazy, right? And, and Throwing so, yeah, right into the pan. Kinda, <laughs> yeah, that stuff goes... Yeah, and I honestly, like, it was so much so that, like, I didn't know, I, I was not prepared to um, be effective, like, to, to deal with it in the way that I that I know now, like, you know, mm-hmm. that whole thing, like, oh, I wish I knew then what I know now and everything, but, yeah, because, you know, I was, like, kind of a, I was definitely more quiet and, and you know, reserved. Uh, a lot of that is being Canadian, I think, but also naturally, too, like, just in my personality. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I needed to be someone who was more, you know, like an extrovert. I mean, you use Jody Messina or Garth or somebody who's really, yeah, extroverted and, and really a present to succeed in this market, you know. So mm-hmm. you learned a lot and everything. But, yeah, that because of the, you know, I guess the, um, uh, the opportunities that were presented to me in my career and, and uh, it was very quick and it was very aggressive and it was very stressful too because everything it seems like everything you did there had a purpose you know so mm-hmm. like having a nomination um, you know it it raises your value as a touring artist it raises your you know um, career level and your profile and stuff like that and so you know it, it's and now it's not about that. Now it's just about, hey, just I'm going to do a, a you know a show and I'm going to have fun and play the songs that I've played in my career and people you know still recognize them and stuff. And so that's that's it's it's more enjoyable for sure. Nice place you know, to be. It's none of yeah yeah. It's none of that other stuff. It's really just you pick and choose the shows you want to do and and how often you want to do it and where you want to play and. Um, and I think it's like that too with songwriting for me too. Like, you know, it's not, you know, cause in, in those times that we were talking about, you know, I had publishing deals. And so when you have a publishing deal, you're expected to write, um, professionally get for, again, for a purpose, you want to write songs and you hope that, you know, somebody cuts your songs and, you know, it's a business and, so, mm-hmm. you know, I was writing songs and I've had, you know, Tracy Bird cut some of my songs and I had. Sammy Kershaw and I had Gore Bamford and I had other people cut my music um, you know but that's what I was trying to do and and you know now you know write songs just uh, for fun you know it's it's, it's not the whole you know the, the the reason for everything is different it's changed it's more probably yeah. is enjoyable yeah yeah and that's that's a nice place to be I've heard that from so many of the the major mm-hmm. you know acts here in Canada yeah. that have been touring and now they're down to I think it's like 38 shows they get to pick and choose and just yeah. you know play in the summer mm-hmm. and and just do what they want to do because and they enjoy their life because they're home more you know the the stress yeah. level just isn't you know isn't there anymore like you're saying it's just a completely different world you know today than when yeah. you started out for sure absolutely I mean that was don't get me wrong that that fast-paced stuff and all the experiences like it was is a lot of fun like I really enjoyed it I enjoyed traveling I enjoyed the opportunities that I had I did some cool stuff you know I played mm-hmm. on the Opry and I've done shows with Merle Haggard and Buck Owens and 
like like some really cool stuff Man. that you know, <laughs> it was great yeah you've was, had a fantastic really cool. fantastic journey and and what you're doing now too is just like to have those stories and I think that's what yeah. I talk about so often on the show because when normally when I was doing my interviews like I'm a creative like you and yeah. I if I if something stops and, and an obstacle is put in a way with life or whatever, I just, okay, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I don't sweat it. I just figure, okay, yeah. this is what I got to do now. And then I think of something else and it kind of sounds yeah. like we're the same that way. And I'm more on the quieter side, which everybody keeps telling me to do radio. You need to be an extrovert mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. the opposite. <laughs> so <laughs> I think you and I, I mean, are similar that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. I'm happy with, with that, it's, it's been a funny, you know, I, like a lot of my friends who are in the business, you know, obviously are extroverted and really put themselves out there and stuff. And it's, it's, it's been, you know, there's been times where, you know, um, they would joke at me and if I wasn't like included on something or asked to do something or whatever, it'd be like, they would joke and say, well, you don't tell anybody everything you've accomplished. Nobody knows <laughs> Nobody knows all the things that you've done because you're not the guy that goes out there and talks about it, you know, and everything. It's, yeah. it's true, you know, but I, hear just, you. I don't know. That's who we are, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. it just depends, right? It's just like you're more comfortable in your skin doing it this way. And I know so many of the, yeah. you know, the, the artists that I've had, like Dean Dillon out there you know he's he would say to me he just yeah he enjoyed playing and he still does like you do you know playing for shows that Mm -hmm. he's chosen to do but he loves the songwriting aspect and he just well yeah he he is he's very good but just you know that's just something that he just felt that's where i needed to be not the front man yeah and he just loves his life now yeah Mm -hmm. makes it well that's important that's the most important yeah you got so many irons in the fire. It's not funny. I don't. I, know. I don't know how you keep I, it all straight. Yeah, really when you don't. when you when you asked me to send you some talking <laughs> points and stuff, and I wrote them down and sent them to you, I kind of, I had to chuckle as I sent the email and I hit send because I knew you were gonna go like, oh my god. Like, no, you're like me. I need a couple of days, a couple of interviews. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Okay, so let's hit the top one off the chart. Well, we already mentioned the Nashville song plugger because I was going to talk about that. Yeah. But um, let's talk about your Music City Rollin' Jamboree. I, yeah. I love this. It's so cool. Oh. I was watching some of the videos yeah. for it too. So tell everybody about that. Yeah. Well, again, that so the Music City Rollin' Jamboree is a it's a sing-along comedy bus tour that goes around uh, music you know music row and areas of, of Nashville um it is it's founded by Jenny Carson who is uh, on the, you know she's on she's on she's so funny <laughs> and hysteric, like hysterically funny and so she has been doing it nine years and the, and so this show my my role in the show is really kind of growing at first it was just you know have somebody on there who can kind of play you know popular choruses of songs here and there throughout the tour and get everybody to sing along and that kind of a thing but you know her it's you know it's an adult show and so she's pretty she's pretty aggressive and it's it's really really funny all the things that she says and you know like when she's kind of talking to, to everybody that's on there so I, I literally play i literally play the nice canadian on board who kind of levels out everything that <laughs> that she does which is really funny and but again like this is so 
what the funniest thing about that gig for me is it's so unusual for someone like me to do it you know because it's a it's a comedy you know it's out there it's real kind of oh yeah you know, for me she being gives like, it all talked about being more <laughs> reserved yeah being more quiet and reserved what do you do are you singing on the comedy bus and i'm like yeah but uh but i i absolutely love it you know like i it's a um it's a whole different thing entertaining people to make them laugh mm-hmm. and and this thing is 90 minutes and i i promise you it, people laugh hysterically from the moment they get on till they till they get off it doesn't stop and well, it's cause so she's not for the faint of heart what at all <laughs> no no yeah, if you if you get offended easily, or if you're a sensitive person, you're not or reserved. You're not going to want to get on there. But uh, otherwise, you will have the time of your life. It is the number one rated uh, thing to do in Nashville on TripAdvisor. Like it's surpassed the Grand Ole Opry and everything else. Oh, the thing you're to do kidding! No, it's absolutely insane. I just got back from doing one, and uh, so I do this. I do this Tuesday to Saturday, and we do two shows a day, and they're early. It's an 11.30 a.m. and a 1.30 p.m., so you know, it's done by 3. And uh, absolutely, like, having the that time of my so life fun. doing that. That is so fun. Yeah. I would love that. One of these days, i got to get back there. It's just been yeah. way, way too long. I would love to do that. you got to come. <laughs> that oh, yeah. When, like you, when you come here, we're putting you, we're putting you on it. And you're <laughs> fun. I I would enjoy that so much. Do people start drinking at 11? Oh, yeah. I figured as much. (laughs) Yeah. Stupid question. It's 11, 1130, and they're walking on with their drinks, and, uh, yeah, people are starting to have a good time. You must see so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Especially with the tourists, you must see so much. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, especially in the summer, too. Like, people get on there, they're already half naked, and they're, like, (laughs) drinking. It's like, I don't know, you you see a lot, yeah, yeah, for sure. I guarantee it's it. Fun. Is it so different than the girls throwing stuff at you when you were on stage all the time in the beginning part of your career, right? Yeah, nobody throws anything at me. That's they good, don't throw yeah, it anymore. Yeah. Oh come on! No, <laughs> no. He's going That's no, kind Kim. Of funny. I think if, I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was trying to pull it out of you. I was really trying to pull it yeah. out of you. He's going nope. <laughs> I was just going to say that at my age now, that, that probably would be a different, a different I type bet. of, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know where I know where you're going. Yeah. I'm not going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now this show has been featured nationally on TV programs like the Good Morning America and the yeah. HGTV's yeah. Flip and Flop, and you, mm-hmm. you guys have been doing so well with this show. That's so cool. Yeah. So cool. Well, we're, so I don't know if I even mentioned this, but the segue from that is that we're also now removing this show off of the tour bus and onto a stage. So it's, we're going to have a residency show. Is that the, where I was going to ask you? At, yeah, at the Troubadour. So at so the, cool. the the Nashville Troubadour Dance Hall. It's going to be, and we're it's going to be the Nashville Jubilee country music and comedy show so we're you know it'll be a little different this will be more of a you know be like a full band classic country show where i get to do what i do best and sing and really play some great 
classic country music and Jenny will, you know, be, uh, you know, incorporate a lot of the stuff she already does on the bus, basically just kind of, you know, uh, warming up the crowd and all that. But throughout the show, tries to get involved more and more and will be like wearing all kinds of costume changes. So you're going to do skits and stuff? Really, really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be like, it's going to be a variety show. It'll be awesome. Oh, that's going to be so cool. When is that supposed to start? When's that supposed to start? Well, it's going to start in September. We're right now just kind of, you know, we just did the deal with the venue, with the Troubadour and it's amazing. They're renovating that whole place. It's got a huge stage and spotlights and product. Like it's, it's perfect for, and it's, it's nowhere near Broadway. So it's over by the, you know, by Opryland and stuff like that. So it's near the oh, palace and awesome. different, uh, different bars. Yeah. So it's, it's perfect. And we're excited to be able to, to do it there. And we're just rehearsing now. We're getting, we're shooting the promo reels and everything for it right now, but it's going to be something that a lot of the tour buses coming to town are going to, want to come and see and we're just gonna we're gonna grow it into something that's gonna be like a a thing to do again in nashville and we'll promote oh, it with, with the, the tour bus yeah are they still gonna do like celebrity guest appearances like because you've had reba on there yeah. kelly clarkson yeah, yeah. cool well, that, that's the thing with this show um being closer to the opry and all that stuff is that we're hoping you know that we'll be able to get people popping in from the opry and, and you know, being on the show. Oh, too. that's so going to be fantastic. If that happens, it'll be, yeah, it'll be huge. Yeah. I'm just going to have to come down there and just park myself and just write. <laughs> yeah. You're, I would have so much fun. A, that would be You're so going to cool. need a week just to come see all the things that I'm doing. <laughs> I, know. Yeah, I, know. I know. But that sounds like it's going to be a full-time job. Yeah, that's going to be, so that's probably my, you know, long-term kind of, goal i think you know to have a regular show here just right in town and you know i know what i do every wednesday night we go to the troubadour we do the jubilee show and just make that a you know well-known stop you know and, and really grow that into something you know popular so like i'm looking forward to you know probably doing that full time as we mm-hmm. you know hopefully become successful in in launching it yeah that sounds so cool. I cannot wait. You're going to send me yeah. a reel, right? Like as soon as you guys get the promotion oh, yeah. done. Oh, perfect. I'll yeah. put that out in the yeah, magazine. Sure. I got to see that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, now, what is the most requested artist you've been asked to sing on the bus? Oh, well, uh, well, people sign up to ride the bus as part of their uh, questionnaire. You know, like where are you from? What are they? Who do you listen? Who's your favorite country artist? Like oh, that. so you so get that ahead of time. We do, but we don't we don't really do a request thing. So the show that the bus thing is pretty set as far as what we do because it's it's a show, so it's not really a request type of a thing. It's part of the tour. So like we'll go past, you know, like uh, you know, Dolly Parton's first apartment type of place where she wrote certain songs and I'll sing them a little chorus from that and then we'll go by Warner Brothers and I'll do you know, say this is, you know, where Blake Shelton's label is, and I'll do like a little Blake Shelton chorus, and people will sing along. So it's like kind of already set what we do uh, in the show. The back half of it, uh, after a break, we do, do take a break, and people get out and get drinks again, and they come back on. <laughs> and so, yeah, and then we do like that's more of a 
more of a sing along type of thing, but I already know what you're doing. You know, what I'm going to play. Yeah, we it's it's pretty uh, important to keep control. <laughs> you have to. You have to. I can imagine how that would get out of hand pretty easy if you didn't. <laughs> What's that? I said I can see how that would get out of hand pretty yeah, easy oh, if yes. you didn't. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. Oh, that sounds like a highlight. I cannot wait for that one. That's going to be so good. Really good. Congratulations yeah. on that. That's amazing. Thank you. I know. Just so that's awesome. I mean, I you know, it was one of those things that just kind of you don't plan for, and it was just like, okay, I get to do it. I'll try it out, and I just absolutely love doing it. And now it's you, evolving into a whole other thing too. Two shows, so you know they're gonna plug you being Canada, like from Canada, right? In the comedy skit, you know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they're gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> Guarantee they will. <laughs> you know that's coming. Yeah. You know, if if I know mm-hmm. Jenny well enough, oh yes, <laughs> she's got the room. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, for sure. so, so well, I mean, we do. Oh, uh, I, I don't know. Like, there's there's so many crazy things that happen in the thing. Like you know, like one of the things that that we do on there is like, well, I'll sing a chorus to like uh, Conway Twitty. You know, she's like, oh, you know, Conway Twitty. Now do you like? Hello, darling, and stuff, and so always, always target, you know, like like an older lady or grandma or whatever that kind of a thing. So, That's what I mean. She'll say, you know, yeah, and she'll say, you know, he's from Canada and he speaks French. Have you ever had a French twitty? And then, <laughs> and then, and then she'll, she'll like no, and then she'll look over to you know, I'm sure some of you girls in here have had a French twitty, and then she'll say, well, you know, it's just. It's crazy like that. It's right? so all saying "Hello, darling" in French, and then I mean, I can't even. Tell. You have to ride the bus. It's just, uh, it's so okay, give fun. give us give us "Hello, darling" in French. No, no, oh, no. Oh, no. come on! <laughs> come you on! Have to come and ride the bus. <laughs> <laughs> but it starts off with "Bonjour, city." <laughs> so yeah. cool! Uh, yeah, I could yeah. just see your face the first time you ever did that. Oh well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Probably still the same face I'm making out every time I do it. <laughs> no, well, when you do, okay, so my only concern is, I'm going to say this right now, you better be coming back to, I know you're going to be really busy doing the show, you better be coming back and still doing your, your grand tour. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm we doing, can... well, yeah, a couple more shows over there, and then I'm doing uh, in my hometown, Sudbury and Valley East, they have Valley East days on September 9th, so I'm going to be doing a show there, and so those are all going to be Grand Tour, uh, yeah. Oh, I, very cool. show that I'm doing with. Okay, see, so yeah. I feel better now. <laughs> yeah, better oh yeah, now. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to give up that, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't want to get out and play those. When you do Conway Twitty, you sound so much like him when you sing. Thank you. Really sound yeah. like him. That, do you know that wasn't my intention at all? when I first started <laughs> this is weird because I mean I always loved Conway he was always my favorite singer and, and I loved his music and stuff and so you know the way I made a decision that I would do a tribute show and you know uh, and it was risky to do a Conway Twitty show because I mean I, I re- you know I thought to my well, not everybody's a big Conway fan like I am it's not like and Elvis or a John, you know, more people know Johnny Cash. I wasn't sure that people would really, how many people would come to see a Conway 
witty tribute show, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but I took a chance because I loved this. I loved all this music. So it, it really, I went into the studio. And I got the license to record five of his songs, and and I went in and I recorded an EP of Conway songs. And it really wasn't until I went into the studio and started to sing, and then went into the control room and listened back that I thought. Gosh, that kind of sounds. You do. You know, it kind of sounds. <laughs> yeah, kind of sounds like Conway a little bit. And so, I still at that moment, like if you listen to my five songs that I recorded, I didn't, I didn't put it on like I could. Like I just, that wasn't my intention mm-hmm. to uh, really mimic. But when I do my, sh- I learned that I really could kind of do it pretty close thing you know so i now i do it you know when i started doing the the conway uh shows you know live shows then i would really milk that and i really started <laughs> to put it on to try to sound more and more like him and then i realized that people were really that's what they were talking about and that's yeah. what they were they were enjoying and they're like oh, you gotta come see this sounds just like conway and so that was working for me and then it just became even more fun <laughs> to sing them that way because you know, it was a, I mean, Conway was a cool artist. I mean, he had that little growl in his voice and he had, well, the girls loved him. So the women all his songs oh, yeah. are, are so, um, what do you say? Suggestive. I was going to say <laughs> there's a, a very, very yeah. sexy, you know, artist, very, you know, for women. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it is like a lot of fun to play that. that show. <laughs> it must be so cool to get into different, so like to, to, to get into somebody else's shoes, right? And to perform. I mean, yeah. who gets to who gets to go out for ninety minutes and be Conway Twitty? I mean, that's <laughs> way more fun than Gil Grand Show. I mean, I, I'm oh come on, I can't say that. Well, you know, you know what I mean. Like, I know what you're saying. Because you play uh, George Jones, uh, Merle Haggard, you do yeah, Ray Tour. Price, yeah, uh, Kenny Rogers. Yeah. You do a lot of the country legends. Yeah, that's I love that show. I love the Grand Tour. Yeah, show you can't that give that up. That's a that's classic. Yeah, I mean, I just picked a lot of my just my favorite, you know, favorite songs, and, and it. I don't know. No, I mean, you got to keep. I think you got to just keep that going. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you can't for, you can't forget that music. I mean, if we're not gonna do it, you know, where where's where are people gonna hear that anymore? And fortunately, you know, I mean, I can I can say when I do shows and and you know, and we get three hundred or four hundred people in the theater that come to listen to that music, that says a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. if we pay, there's still people that want to hear want to hear this. You know, you know what I love so, doing, doing what I'm doing now. And I, th- I just mentioned this, you know, earlier there, you know, doing this mm. part of the show and not having to just do the radio stuff because it's a quick minute, yeah. you know, blurb that you're doing for, you know, where's, when's the, the new single dropping, blah, blah, blah. I get to go yeah. in to a lot more detail like we are here, which is a lot more fun for me. So that's, that has been very cool, yeah. but I get a chance to be able to talk to some of these young artists that are yeah. so influenced by the classic country and you know it's really? it's kind of cool to see that some starting to come into the new music mm. right now mm-hmm. that's well that's good to know i didn't I, I was i wondered about that you know i wasn't too sure what that new you know that new generation of artists that are that are out there really if they have any inclination on who you know, is like a legend, is a classic artist to them, 
Brooks, you know, like, is that how far their, you know. Well, George Jones, yeah, Merle Haggard's always, you know, people that they they talk about, you know, um, you know, Travis Mm -hmm. Tritt, you know, that kind of thing. But it's just, yeah, you know, I'm really excited about that because, but they do put a modern, you know, uh, you know, they're they're modernizing it for sure, right? But yeah, it's pretty cool. I know I know Corey Marks, you know, and he, very well. Uh, you know, like I've got to meet him and I've got to hang with him and Jack. Merle and stuff. guy. I mean, that dude. Yeah, um, I mean anything like that, Merle and Travis all that. I mean, you know, he knows that stuff, loves that stuff, and I think that's, you know, that's encouraging to me to know mm-hmm. that these younger artists are at least George aware, Jones. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's how I met Corey with a Havelock stage when he first started out and yeah. Merle Haggard was what he was singing and yeah, he can do it really really well I remember I think the last time yeah. I talked to you you had your parents go to their very first concert to Conway Twitty I think yeah is that my right grandmother yeah, yeah I was trying to remember I, I remember yeah. having that conversation with you yeah it was my mom and dad and my grandmother who was a giant big Conway fan and uh I got tickets for everybody and, and we were in the front row when he came out uh, in at the Sudbury Arena and uh, my grandmother I mean I've, I've never seen anybody like literally jaw hit a floor but hers did <laughs> when he walked out and went hello dar- hello darling it was worth I mean I spent more time watching my grandmother than Conway in that concert just because this the expressions and the joy and the it made it was part of why I wanted to do what I what I do too with that with that tribute show so well there was a couple songs too that were recorded here in hamilton like in the hamilton area i think was it only make believe yeah written there that's what i thought that's what i thought Mm -hmm. i I, i'm just trying to you you know when you're doing this for so long you're trying to remember everything what is your Mm -hmm. favorite song of his wow that's a tough one i mean I, i love so many of his songs um i think I think my favorite one to sing is Don't Take It Away. Oh, yeah. I like, you know, I mean, who gets to talk in verses anymore? You know, like, when he's like, I've been looking for you all night long, darling. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you get to do that stuff, and it's like, what? I never did that in my music. So That's awesome. He had a way about him. He could do the slow ballads, but then he could deliver a fun song. And, you know, well, there wasn't too many artists you know like him. Mm-hmm. No. One of the things I got to do as part of my show that I do is I, I recorded and interviewed many people that knew Conway. His record label, his some of the musicians that played with him, management, different people. I wanted, nice. to know, stor- wanted to know stories so that I could tell them when I did the show, right? And so I got to hear a lot of stuff about him and, and uh, Ronnie McDowell, who was, they were really, really close, him and Conway. And, and, and Conway was always kind of a, he's a song guy. And he was, you know, he would, Ronnie McDowell would always run by Conway on a, something he was going to record whatever to get his opinion on it or whatever. And, you know, like cool, cool stuff like that, you know. Like, That's and, and, so cool. You know, just, just uh yeah, and so you know what I thought the most interesting thing about Conway that I learned was how he, like how Conway, you know, his like his name's Harold Jenkins. So I mean, his Conway Twitty was a was a uh, an artist to him. Mm-hmm. It was like almost it was a business, right? It was a character, 
for lack of a better term. But I mean, so he would literally, you know, if he heard a song, like he would say, that's a good song for Conway. Oh, did he <laughs> really? Know? He talked like, in third party. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, so he did that way before Garth did. But I mean, it was like, you know, it was just like, yeah, he would like literally treat, you know, that's a Conway thing. Hey, that'd be, that'd be a Conway thing or whatever. And I thought that was so that's interesting so cool. for, for you to be able to step out and look at it from that perspective and say, you know, you're you're like a marketing a product, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, I thought that was interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. I remember when I had Dean mm-hmm. Dillon on, and we were talking about yeah. a lot of the songs that he wrote, you know, for for George, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just listening to his stories and how they first met, yeah. and you know how George would say whether he, you know, the the camaraderie between the two of them when they first met mm-hmm. to whether or not they would yeah. even um, record together or, you know, he would, mm-hmm. how he would pass by, you know, certain songs and, you know, he, the way he tells the stories are so funny. They are just so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of history, boy. You've sat in the room with well, an awful lot of them. For, he was fortunate enough to, um, you know, a lot of his cuts, became you know he got on like in at the studio when he was recording <laughs> like he was able to walk in when they were tracking and say i wrote this song check it out and then like anything you know everybody is excited when they first hear a thing like a lot of his songs got cut you know on the spot you know from being able to do that i mean he earned that right mm-hmm. but you know that was pretty pretty interesting how i thought he could do that too and you know, I mean, yeah, what a career wow. that guy. I'm telling you. Life. And he's yeah. still going, and his kids, too, have such amazing yeah. careers as well, right? Mm-hmm. Really, really yeah, cool. for sure. Is there a song that stands yeah. out to you personally that you really connected with that made you want to take pen to paper or pursue the music? Um, Not not that, in, that was an influence. It wasn't a song as much as it was you know, like a singer, like, like Conway or, you know, of course, you know, George Strait was a big influence for me too at that time, you know, like in the, in the eighties when I was trying to, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think eight, I think 81 was, was his first hit with full hearted memory. And that's when George Strait took off in 81. So by, you know, the late 80, 85, 80, and, and the late eighties was kind of when I was kind of getting into, learning and doing what I was going to do so he he was right there and so that was a big influence and I was always a um always somebody who gravitated towards good singers like mm-hmm. I was definitely a that's what appealed to me and I th- I think that's like you know since we're doing you know now and then kind of thing it's like it, that's changed in me too because I feel like when I was younger and I was being a singer or going to be a singer or just getting to love music, I, I definitely was a singer's singer. So I, like, I would I would gravitate towards who I thought could really, really sing a great, you know, great vocals and stuff like that. But it, it allowed me, I think, to miss out on great songs and great songwriters who are more stylist and not, you know, in my opinion, considered great vocalists. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't, pay attention as much to something like that and you know i mean chris christopherson is a great example oh yeah singing ability you know obviously he's an incredible songwriter and and you know for me and people will 
you know disagree who are big Willie Nelson fans, but in my opinion, as a singer, you know, not my favorite singer, but gosh, what a great songwriter! And you know what? You and you can just listen. I, now I just listen to. He's got a staple. Know, he's great, got a he's great got a, song. Yeah, he's got like a real staple in yeah in country music, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. definitely. Yeah. yeah, there's so many, you know, so many of them that people just don't really realize where the history became from and where the music started mm-hmm. to change because it changed a lot for you, you know. And you know, the '90s was a big change in country music. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. You know, when you started yeah, out, for sure. Hmm. Oh, definitely. I stayed pretty traditional. You know, that that was at least for me. Like, you know, people knew my music. It has a certain sound. I was definitely a traditional you know, artists, and, you know, I found out, and I didn't even know I, I had this, but I knew, you know, after a while, certain certain people were able to recognize songs that I wrote, and they were like, I, you know, I guess. You can tell, them. yeah. I, yeah, that other people recorded and said, oh, I knew I knew you wrote that, or, you know, like, they, they could tell it was something that That's I wrote, cool. and I thought that was interesting. Yeah. because yeah, I didn't really consider that, you know. That's really cool. You know, I, I guarantee like there's I wrote, a lot of people that didn't even know the songs, you know, that you've written. Yeah. Like I wrote a song called Hurting Me Back for Gore Bamford. Oh, I remember know? that. And Yeah. And people, that's one that people said, man, I knew that something you wrote in the, um, and it, and then it was a song I wrote for Shane Yellowbird. Um, oh man. What a, what a, an incredible I can, artist I, I we can lost there. I can, yeah, I can help you with that, and that we were, that he recorded, and that too is like stylistically, people were like, oh, I knew, yeah, that was something you had written or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was very sad. To oh man, hear about Shane because because he and I had written together, and you know he's a he was a good dude. Really, he uh, really was. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, we so, miss him because yeah. that was that was just a huge loss. Because I remember meeting him at Canadian Music Week. I think it was like mm-hmm. 2007 or 2008 and talking to yeah. him for the longest time and just such yeah, a, yeah. an amazing soul, just an incredible talent. Mm-hmm. I didn't, um, like he, I don't know if you're aware of this, but he posted something uh, of a, it was a picture that he drew and uh, he had drawn, drawn a picture of some of his favorite artists and, and it was a, he drew me like it's like a little you know those some of those pictures where it's like a collage of faces and stuff so he drew and i was he drew my picture and he drew Dwayne Steele and he drew jake my brother and he drew oh i didn't know um, that and he drew um oh who else was there a couple of other oh aaron prichette and oh, are you serious uh yeah 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 and then uh uh johnner brad johnner so all of us in this picture and it's and uh so i'm gonna actually going to be going up to alberta here next week and i'm gonna get to sign it jake has his signature i'm gonna sign it and uh, i think and Dwayne's doing a george jones thing uh, oh wow while i'm up there so he's gonna sign it but uh, so it's cool you know to to know that i was kind of an influence to Mm -hmm. him you know and it was like uh that's yeah, pretty special. Just, wow. It was special. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. really so sad that he's, he's not here yeah. anymore. Man, oh man, I'm telling you, we've lost a lot, you know, um, like I just did yeah. a special show not even two days ago 
and um oh, yeah yeah like it's, and then um well it's a lot i think it's three this week that i've done oh wow. and you know just talking wow. about the history like once the band members were able to come on and talk about like the east pointers um losing their their um mm -hmm. their artists too so it's just like it's incredible you know when you're looking back yeah. at how many people were losing you know in this industry oh, I know. yeah that's why we did that show yep. two days ago to talk about mental illness and I, yeah. I specifically wanted to use this platform so that we can talk about what artists go through and talk about the yep. pressures that artists go through yep. and making sure that yep. there's there's something available before you know it's too late because yeah. these younger artists just take off and just want the tour bus and they want everything now and they just don't mm -hmm. realize you've got to set yourself up for this the right way and you were talking about yep. that earlier how much pressure that was you know for you because oh, you yeah. got thrown into the the, the fire like right off the bat and that had to have been overwhelming right mm -hmm. hey i went from going i like i literally got on a plane my first time and i flew on a my first time flying anywhere was from Sudbury airport to toronto into nashville and then you know next thing i knew i was on a on a tour bus with you know six guys from texas in their underwear chewing tobacco i was like what? <laughs> so like this is like <laughs> I was in Tracy Bird's band and I was touring, you know, it's just the weirdest, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like you're thrown into these things that is not, you're not prepared not for, you're not even ready yeah. for it. Well, yeah. nobody could have been prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, let's talk about yeah. the one song for you that started this whole thing because your career started in the nineties. We're going to talk about famous first words. Do you remember what yeah. it felt like? to be able to because you started out singing talent shows right from what i remember yeah. and then having yeah. that song hit the radio for the very first time do you remember mm -hmm. what it felt like yeah i know exactly i remember when it happened like i remember hearing it and uh it was one of those things where you know the radio station was the Sudbury country station at the time with CIDM, and uh you know i remember the guys on the air um kind of doing you know how they would set up the next three you know you're coming up is this this and this and there's a brand new song from a Sudbury artist when I knew my song was coming on and so I was I had never heard it mm -hmm. on the radio so I'd waited for that time and so like I I had always pictured I don't know you know you kind of you kind of picture that sort of thing and I like pictured I don't know why but I always felt like I was going to be in the car driving and turning up the radio when my song would come on the radio so I knew I had two songs to hurry up get the keys get in the car and drive and take off and I rolled that windows down and I my song came on the radio and I cranked it up and I listened to it for the first time driving down the road just like I had always imagined nice. it would happen it was pretty cool yeah that is so cool. cool now that song mm -hmm. highlighted that was highlighted on CMT as well and did so well for you mm -hmm. that first single what was it like working with Byron oh Byron was awesome I mean he's one of the nicest guys you could ever meet and uh he just totally took me under his wing and and was instrumental in you know not only i mean he was instrumental in getting me a record deal he was instrumental in producing and co-writing and you know the, my first album and uh you know just a super talent i mean he had he had done you know kathy matea before that and mm -hmm. gary allen before that and had some success and you know, he was a great songwriter and uh, still is, but uh, it was nice to work with him. And, and you know, it, he's very much responsible for a lot of uh, 
you know, my success, my, my, you know, my career taking off. Like he was right there with me. Incredible producer. Incredible producer. Yeah. We're going to play this one right now. Here is the famous first words by multi-award-winning country artist Gil Grant here on Music's Journey. That was Famous First Words, the song that started it all in 1997, the signature song that fans remember so well. Songs that we're singing today. It's just that country classic that we just have in our blood. What has been the best advice that you've been given by one of your heroes? (laughs) You're going to love it. (laughs) I was at Fanfare, my very first Fanfare. I just signed a record deal. Nobody knew who I was. So if anyone just kind of set it up, one of the things that happens at Fanfare in Nashville is that they'll put artists in these booths and then all the media people, you know, radio stations and and what have you, they'll get in line and they'll come and they'll have that opportunity to get liners and interviews and meet artists and stuff. And so I was in my booth and nobody was in my line because nobody, I hadn't even come out with my first single yet or nothing. I was just this brand new artist, but beside me, 
on my left was Alan Jackson, oh, and to wow. my right was Garth Brooks. And, his, <laughs> and you can imagine, like both those lines were gigantic, right, and long and everything. And so Garth came over to my booth and uh, and you know, like he is, introduced himself, like like <laughs> you know, like. I didn't know who he was, and like he was like the nicest guy, and and uh, you he, didn't know he, who uh, he was. I, oh, no, man. of course I knew who he was, but he <laughs> acted like you know he was just like like I didn't know who he was. You know, oh, he's, gotcha. He's, he's always Mister Humble, you know, Mister like, Hey, I'm Garth Brooks. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And like so, but anyways, he was super nice. And he was like congratulating me for being, you know, and he, he did it because he knew I was standing in a booth with nobody in line to talk to me or anything like that. And oh, that is how so he is. Cool. So he come over to my booth and he signed my, he signed my napkin there. I had a napkin that was half wet for my water bottle and he just signed that for me and everything. And then he uh, he said to me, you know, I asked him. I said, you, "Can you do you have any advice for me and everything like that?" And he said, he said. Never, he says, only record songs you're prepared to sing for the next 20, 30 years of your life. And so, so and that's what he, because <laughs> you never know, you never know what's going to be a hit mm-hmm. or, you know, what. So it's like, record songs you love, make sure anything you record that, you know, you're going you're gonna to be prepared to sing it, <laughs> you know, millions of times for for years and years and years and years and that so was his true. advice to me which I thought and then he said you know kick ass and that was it walked away <laughs> that is so cool yeah. what what great I memories pretty, pretty good person to get advice from I think so it doesn't get any better yeah. than that right let's I know. let's talk about another one like Burton Cummings I love Burton Cummings always have he's been one yeah. of my favorites but man you picked a yeah. good one to do a cover for mm-hmm break it to them gently and i'm telling it is one that gives me goosebumps i could listen to you sing that song over and over again it is such a good song done by you i'm telling you it's crazy oh well thanks yeah i mean i love that song right and it's it's funny because i mean a, a couple of fun facts about that song like the one the reason i recorded it was because when i was learning to play at home and everything like it was my dad I bought a Yamaha guitar and then two or three of my uncles went out and bought guitars and there was this fad thing that was going on at our house and everybody on Sundays would get together, my dad and my uncles, and they would sing a couple of songs that none of them knew how to play. They were just all learning to do this at the same time. And so one of my uncles, Brian, he, that song, he, it's the only song he learned. He kept singing that song and I was like, man, I love that song. (laughs) And so I learned it. I learned it initially not from Burton Cummings, but from hearing him sing that song. And so that's why, I, you know, I was 14 or something. I was just like learning how to sing this song and I loved it. And then, you know, fast forward, I, I ended up recording that song and it was the only cover that I, I ever did. I think it did. is and, the only cover know. you did, right? Yeah. yeah. I, huh. And so I recorded it. And, you know, what? another fun fact about it is that, you know, it did, that song was, was, you know, doing really well. That radio and everything was climbing the charts. And I remember it goes all the way up to number 11 on the chart, and we were trying to get a top 10 single. And so it was at 11 for a week, and then it was next week it was still at 11, and then the next week it was still at 11. It wasn't going into the top 10, and we started looking at, you know, who was playing and all this, you know, who's spinning and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, 
the one station that we needed to kind of push it over the edge and everything was the Winnipeg. Oh <laughs> the no Winnipeg way! Station where he's from, right? And so, oh wow! Uh, literally had to call, you know, call and have a conversation. I uh, and I just, you know, I told them, hey, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. You know, I'm doing this out of respect and just kind of, you know, I love this song and Burn County. I wasn't trying to make obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't supposed to be a bad thing. It was supposed to be a, you know, a good thing. They wanted I, to I be loyal. If anybody was going to play that <laughs> song, it was going to be Winnipeg, you know, because <laughs> it's from there. But, uh, you know, after that and a little bit of discussions and stuff like that, then they, they, they jumped on it and they, you know, supported it. And I think it eventually went to seven on the oh, chart because where it landed. But, so I did love get it. their support, but I love it, that was interesting. It. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. You'd think, yeah, because they're trying to be, they're trying to be loyal, right? Nobody's going to cover this the same as well, Brian yeah. Cummings is going to do it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I loved it, and I loved the video, too. We're going to play this one right now. Here is the cover, Break It to Them Gently, by Grammy Award-winning artist Gil Grand, here on Music's Journey. My mom and dad When you see my baby sister Be as kind as you can Break it to my grandma Who said the boy's wild and bad Break it to them gently When you tell them that I won't be coming home again Cause I'm running with a gun and it isn't any fun as a fugitive Fighting for my life and I don't know if I'll make it alone Running with a gun and it isn't any fun as a fugitive God, I want to go home Lord, I wish I was home When you see my lady With the twinkle in her eye Tell it to her softly And hold her if she cries Tell her that I love her And I will till the day I die Break it to her gently when you tell her That I won't be coming home again Tell my mom and dad Thank them for the good years And all the loving that I had Break it to my grandma Who said that boy's wife 
Break It To Them Gently by Grammy Award-winning country star Gil Grand. My favorite cover uh, hit so many marks for me and so many other people in radio too. Same thing, you know, to hear a cover like that done, you know, of a classic rock song. You know, it really pushed that trend, you know, in the 90s. Yeah, and I feel like we didn't really stray too far away from the original Mm -hmm. version. You know, like if anything, that... That song from an artist that's not a country artist was pretty, you know, it was pretty country. Really. Exactly. You know, so it was kind of. It was really yeah, it cool. Worked. We kind of. Yeah. Cool. You did it I, well, I my song. friend. You did it well. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Now we got to talk about another one that we're going to be playing here, and that's another one mm-hmm. of my favorites, and that is "She'll Always Be Mine." Yeah. Thank you. Well, tell, it's a, tell us that story. So, so that song, you know, is is you know the one song where I really kind of changed my writing uh, direction and I, I dug deep and I, you know, I, I wrote a song that was for specifically for my daughter's wedding. And so uh, Candace was going to be getting married and uh, asked me if I would write her a song for her wedding. And, and so no small feat. And so like I said, <laughs> yeah, of course I will do that. Um, it, you know, so I, it was hard, you know, I, I, I really want to write a great song, and so I um, asked my my good friend Jeffrey East, who I've written several songs with, who's mega talented songwriter, mm-hmm. um, real clever. He's just one of those guys who he just kind of pours out of him. You know, he just he's just got great just songwriting His instinct, ability. Yeah, so we, yeah, yeah. We we got together. We wrote we wrote that song, and uh, and then you know what's interesting about that is that I. I then asked Byron Hill to produce it with me, and mm-hmm. I hadn't. We had we hadn't worked together since Famous First Word. Yeah, like that's in, so cool. You know, in '97, so we kind of came full circle, and that was when I asked him. I said, "Hey, you want to do this with me and produce this?" And so we we did it, and that's kind of the background on that story. Yeah. 
so so cool one of my favorites i love it and it's still going today still going today oh yeah so many people love it (laughs) oh do you play it you better I i do so yeah i do like on the bus every time we do a break when we come back and people sit back down we jenny features me and says you know this is gil you know whatever he's you know real songwriter she lets me do a song a whole song that's going to be you know just something i want to play so i always tell that little story and i play that song and it really connects with everybody especially the ones that had a lot to drink because i mean (laughs) they could become emotional start (laughs) sobbing uh it's it's good for tips oh there you go there you go well for all the dads and daughters out there we're going to play this one right now here is she'll always be mine by canadian country star gil grand here on music's journey the day I know your love for her runs deep but I need you to understand one thing
That was She'll Always Be Mine by my very special guest, Gil Grant, here on Music's Journey. Love this song, and it's just such a, a great song, especially with Father's Day, right? Yeah. It just I passed. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those songs that, fortunately, you know, other people... Some other people use it for their for their father daughter dances, mm-hmm. and you know it's 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 been it's been uh, received by a lot of people who who you know wanted it for their own weddings, you know, and their own daughter's weddings and stuff. So that's kind of cool. That's going to be nice too, because when you look at generations down the line, a song that meant so much to a mother, yeah, you know, well, your daughter now when she has children, then mm-hmm. to turn around and have her kids remember that song. Yeah, you know, and it goes from yep. generation to generation. It's really cool. Yeah. I know. I think that's a, that's another beautiful thing about music that maybe not a lot of people love. But it's, as an artist, it's always I've always thought about that. I've always thought that you know what? It's, it's kind of nice to be able to leave something behind that my grandkids and their kids and their kids really, you know, like will get to hear my voice, get to hear me and hear my music and stuff. You know, music lives on forever so it's, it's pretty amazing to be able to do that yeah I, I just I love when you look at the history of songs that meant so much mm-hmm. to me and yeah. you know when I think about my parents and I don't know there's just so many that stick with me that my son hears me play mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah they can make me tear up just the same as they did way back then yeah. <laughs> they're kind of cool now your brother yeah. let's talk about your brother for a minute for Jake Matthews. Oh, if we so, have to. I know. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I'm you guys did no, a I'm special kidding. a special gig yourselves in two thousand and six, I think it was, for a Raise the Roof tour. Mm-hmm. That's kinda cool to be able to do that with your brother. Well, yeah, that was again. It's like, you know, one of those things where we both had our own careers and throughout our careers people, many people have asked hey, why don't you guys ever do something together? You know, mm-hmm. you're both, you know singers, and you're, you're both in country singers, you're both in the business, why don't you do something together? And so that was the perfect opportunity, you know, is um, we had a, a, an opportunity for Ronald McDonald House Charities to raise awareness and raise money for them, and we toured 30-plus uh, shows, I think it was, and 30 different cities and, and went and visited Ronald McDonald houses oh, that's all so over cool. and and we raised a, a bunch of money for that charity which is an incredible incredible charity mm-hmm. and uh, you know so that was that felt good it was just a special we, moment we, I mean it was yeah it was it was special in, in to do a tour for that purpose mm-hmm. you know and, and especially we had families we had families come on at every show that you know, had that used the services of Ramadan House when their kids were, were sick and got to stay there and they, they shared their stories with the audience and it was a just a feel good thing, you know, just to, to get to visit those places and meet the families and, and yeah, they're great. I'm proud of that whole tour. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Little snippets of time, right? And sometimes it just takes yeah. it takes people like us just reminding you of all the stuff you've done. And I, I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I could spend days talking about the stuff that you've done. Lots and lots. You're a busy guy. Okay, what about that story with your dad? <laughs> I just, it's coming to my, I, I think the last time I talked to you, you were telling me a story about your dad working in the store when you and Jake. Yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> about when me and Jake and my dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, 
Yeah, this is funny. I mean, so my dad, he used to work at a furniture store in Sudbury, you know, uh, I believe it was called Leon's. And uh, uh, so he was selling, you know, uh, in the furniture department. He's like in the televisions and stuff. And so there was a couple that came up to him one day. And my dad, you know, he always kept the TVs on CMT because, you know, I was having singles and stuff like that. So, you know, he liked to watch and stuff. So there's a couple that he was showing a television to one day, and then my video came on. He said, hey, that's my son, Gil. And they're like, no, no way. And he's like, he's like, yeah, yeah, it's my son. They're like, well, that's incredible, you know, congratulations. And they're watching my video and, and everything. They thought that was the coolest thing and all that stuff. And now he just immediately after my video stopped, Jake's video came on. He went, hey, that's my son. That's my son, Jake. And they're like, you're full of crap. And they're like, they, they thought, they thought that, well, now you're just lying and whatever. And he walked, he walked away. And he, he lost the sale, didn't stuff. he, or something? Yeah, he lost the sale over it because they're like, yeah, right now you're just full of it. You oh, know, like, man. But it was like our, our videos came on back to back. It was like, that's so I awesome. Know. I loved that story. I think when you told me that the first time, that was so funny. Listen, the poor guy lost the sale. <laughs> he should have got the sale. He lost he was, the sale. He was telling the truth. <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, how unlikely, right? He was like, yeah, right. Oh man, they bought, they bought it the first. They bought it the first time, but then they, not when Jake's video came on. They're like, okay, yeah, right. <laughs> You're gone too far now. <laughs> we we, yeah, we were believing you, but then you went too far. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Might be but, the last name thing too. You know, you just never. Know. Well, yeah, the names were different. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, that would have been what they were gravitating to, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure. Too funny. Too funny. Now, you, let's talk about your brand new single, "Centered." This okay. is such a cool song. Tell us about the writing of this one. Well, it's funny that it's brand new because it's not a new song, you know. And so obviously, this is something Sean Hogan uh, had written. Uh, years ago and it was back when i had a studio in nashville and he'd come to town and we worked on this song together and uh just recently he said hey you know i'm going through some <laughs> i'm going through some archives <laughs> or i'm going through some songs and everything and you know remember remember this song and i'm like yeah and, and so he you know played it for me and uh you know we we thought well this is really cool and so he wanted to asked if it was cool we should do something with it and so we you know he added some instrumentation and we you know kind of beefed it up and we mixed it mastered it and kind of repackaged the song and uh, decided to release it so he's he's really kind of taken hold of it and is doing it you know kind of running with it and everything and so i thought that was really cool that he you know wanted to do something and and, and liked mm-hmm. my vocal on it enough to want to want to release it and then you know it's kind of sounds like something i normally would do so brings that classic uh, yeah, that out. classic country in there we love it we're going to play it right now here is centered by grammy award-winning country artist gil grand here on music's journey i was feeling uneven set the go right off the deep end again Everybody telling me slow down and learn just when to say when. My on and off relationship was all but sinking out at sea. Here life was unbalanced and as always. 
That's the brand new single, Centered, by my very special guest, country star Gil Grand. What a great song. Don't forget you can download Centered on all your streaming platforms. You can share it on your playlist and you can request it at your local country radio station. Such a great song. And Mr. Sean Hogan, good friend of mine. I <laughs> love him dearly. Yeah. He is just such a cool guy. Yeah. Great artist. Great songwriter yeah. as well. You are launching. He's a great dude. Oh, yeah, definitely. So you got your Nashville yeah. Jubilee. That's that's yeah. going to be starting in September. You said, is tickets available now for purchase for fans or a little not bit later? Not quite yet. Okay. Yeah, not quite yet. Yeah, we're just kind of working on that right now, and just kind of we have the dates already, so it's going to be like every Wednesday night and stuff like that. So, but uh, we haven't put them up for sale quite yet because we're still putting the promo together. Okay. And now the grand tour. I just want to make sure because you got different pages, so I want the fans to know where they can go because you got some Canadian mm-hmm. dates coming up. So that where where are they going for that? Just the grand tour? Uh, I guess I don't have my dates posted because they're not. I mean, I've just been kind of doing a post here and there whenever I do have a show, so I don't really. I guess, I mean the the jubilee thing and all that stuff. That will be you know we're going to obviously have that. Uh, and promote it and all that stuff. But the the shows that I'm doing coming up, like the Valley East Days and all that stuff, I, I guess I don't really have them. So maybe um, Instagram would be the anywhere. best place for everybody? Yeah, face, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook and Instagram. Okay. You can kind of check those places out. They'll, they'll see what's happening. And keep yeah. tabs. Okay, so we got one more amazing thing that we have to talk about here, and that's the Canadian Music Tour. Man, you've got some amazing Opry uh, legends that are going to be on that show. Tell us about that. Oh, isn't that amazing? That's like that. The names so on that. Exact. So cool. 
They're all my friends. Randy, yeah, no, come on. I'd love to sit two minutes <laughs> Randy, in the room with Randy for a while, yeah. <laughs> well, I I hope I get the opportunity, too. I mean, I'll, I'll have him on a boat, so we'll try to lock him down. But it was, uh, you know, just fortunate to be able to um, be invited to be a part of it. And, again, that's all because of the uh, Conway show and the See? Grand Tour stuff because I'm doing a traditional, yeah, I'm doing that traditional country music stuff, and um, so the the country music tour or something or cruise, I'm sorry, is something that they have done, you know, uh, annually. I don't know how many they've done, but um, so it's something that they've done before, and you know, so I'm I'm fortunate to be asked to be a part of it. You know, this, so cool. it'll be next, it'll be in January, but um, you know, Still, it's going to be a lot of people booked now. Lineup and yeah. A, yeah, oh, you have to. It's actually, I think, 80% sold already. Is it 80% sold so, already? Wow. Yeah, it's going to, I mean, it always sells out and it's going to be sold out. So it's uh, for sure, yeah. And it's, it, I'm trying to post, I'm going to probably do more here in a little bit, like shortly, and, and try to get it, uh, you know, promoted some more to okay. see people, you know. I'll put it up come, on but, the, um, the magazine page as well. So people can look I mean, at gosh, it. Because, I mean, gosh. Yeah, the lineup. There's over 100 performances, I think, in total over the cruise. You know, it's just everybody's. Um, Mark Chestnut. You got Randy some... Owen. Name some of the other ones that you've got, because it's it's an incre- incredible list of of artists. Oh that yeah, are the play. Oak Ridge Boys, Oak Ridge Boys, and there's uh, Mark Chestnut. There's going to be Clay Walker. There's going to be Randy. Uh, you know. Uh, Randy Owen. From the Alabama, Randy Owen. There's going to be, I don't have that list in, in front of me, but gosh, it goes on and on and on. There's going to be, you know, uh, Johnny. I'm trying <laughs> to remember Johnny? now, too, because there's so many. Yeah. <laughs> there's so uh, many, because you know, when I was looking at it, I was like, holy cow. Yeah. Like, there's like incredible, yeah. incredible artists that are that are going to be on this particular cruise. Well, I'll make sure that the fans can, you know, that are listening here can check it out on yeah. the article that we're going to be posting with this interview. And that'll be there for them to be able to check it out and make sure they get their tickets. It's only 20% left, so pretty cool. So can't oh, wait to see you. If they use- if they use the promo code GILGRANDFAN, they get, uh, yeah, they get discounts and they get some other, you know, other uh, free stuff and everything. So well, that's kind of cool. Gil Grand's going to come up and say, hello, darling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bonjour, chérie. That's right. It's a French <laughs> too, maybe. <laughs> it is so great to have you on the show and to catch up and, and uh, to be able to talk to you again. So I can't wait yeah, to have you back. Well, we'll, this, we're going to have to do a show that's just straight stories. Yeah. Is that I okay? This was fun, fun, fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's great. And thank you so much for giving us so much music. Man, I'm telling you, you are a Canadian treasure oh. and we love you to death. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you so much. and appreciate it. Let's do it again. All righty. Sounds great. You have a wonderful right. evening, okay? Okay, you too. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. A great big thank you to my very special guest, country star Gil Grant, for coming on the show. I've got some amazing artists that I'm going to be interviewing this month. I'll be chatting with Katie Hurt, Emma Peterson, Quinton Blair, Kelly Prescott, rock band Taming Sorry, Matt Rogers, Petrick, Australian country artist Haley Jensen, rock band Weapons, Australian trio The Buckleys, 
The Prairie State, Emerson Drive, Ali Walker, Simone Fuller, Tyler Joe Miller, Dustin Bird, Kadu, and so many more. Don't forget you can check out all the shows that you don't want to miss at musicsjourney.com. You can also check out all the articles, new releases, new videos, and reviews at nowandthenmagazine.com. Well, that's it for me, your host, Kim Sear. Thank you so much for tuning into Music's Journey and have yourselves a wonderful day. I will catch you here next time on Music's Journey. It ain't just in the cities. It's in the small towns, too. People living on the streets right in front of me and you sleeping in cardboard houses or on the bench in the park and i can't help but wonder who they really are somebody's father somebody's mom Somewhere out there with nowhere to come Somebody's brother, somebody's sister, daughter or son Somebody's someone Maddie stands on the corner down the street from my block Some days I share a dollar And some days we talk She tells me all about her friends Who weren't always down on luck And how they got to where they are today Well, they are so different than us Somebody's father Somebody's mom Somewhere out there With nowhere to call home Somebody's brother Somebody's sister Daughter or son Somebody's someone should fall Would anybody care enough Hey, aren't we all Somebody's father Somebody's mom Somewhere out there With nowhere to call Somebody's brother Somebody's Somebody's someone
If you're ever in doubt If it plays on your mind If you question at all What's in this heart of mine More than touching this way More than my words can say The answer is in my eyes Look at me, look at you That should be all the proof that you need Girl, it's here in plain view It's the love from my heart that you see Undeniably true Look at me, look at you It's a natural thing That I don't have to try It's so easy to do It's a look I can't hide And it's all cause of you That my love will shine through So anytime that you want to know Look at me, look at you that should be all the proof that you need Girl, it's here in plain view It's the love from my heart that you see Undeniably true Look at me, look at you Touching this way More than my words can say The answer is in my eyes Look at me, look at you That should be all the proof That you need Girl, it's here in plain view It's the love from my heart that you Look at me, look at you